Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibu First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Listening to Indigenous news these days, we hear a lot about the duty to consult. Resource companies must sit down with First Peoples before they start digging and developing on Indigenous lands. On the island of Newfoundland is a different story. On a previous episode of Mi'kmaq Matters, we heard about how the provincial government waltzed into the Mi'kmaq community of Glenwood and announced the reopening of a mine without even giving the Halibut a heads up about the event. But there's an even more significant development taking place on Mi'kmaq territory. It's the gold mine at Valentine Lake in the interior of Newfoundland being developed by the Marathon Company of Toronto. It would be a big project. The development site covers 240 square kilometers. There would be open pit mines operating 24 hours a day for 13 years, the life of the project. The project is at the height of land and impacts the watershed of most of the central and northeastern parts of Newfoundland. The area includes caribou habitat. Gold would be extracted from raw ore using a cheap but controversial method called heap leaching, which uses cyanide. We'll hear more about that later in the program. Marathon had meetings in March in Millertown, Buckins, and Grand Falls, Windsor. Mining has been part of the history of Millertown and Buckins, and it appears from the Marathon document that people there are looking forward to the positive economic impact of the development. But there has been no consultation with Mi'kmaq people. The Marathon site is 120 kilometers from Miabugeg. Marathon's registration document also notes that traditional land use by Halibut members has been documented near Victoria Lake in the project area. Marathon stakeholder list includes Halibut and Mi'kmaq under community groups, along with cabin owners and chambers of commerce there is no acknowledgement of the special legal status of First Nations. Meanwhile, as Marathon stokes the anticipation of jobs for central Newfoundland, the approval process continues under the radar, a May 6 deadline for initial input under the federal environmental approval process has passed. Under the provincial process, the deadline for public comment is May 21st, and the minister's response is due 10 days later. Hopefully, there will be a full-scale environmental assessment and a chance for more public input. And will Marathon be forced to fulfill its duty to consult? We'll see about that. Our guest on the program this week is Jamie Neen, Communications and Outreach Coordinator at Mining Watch Canada, a non-governmental organization that monitors practices in the mining industry. I spoke to him about the Marathon project at Valentine Lake and about opportunities for public input. Tell us what is uh, on the record about the proposed Marathon gold mine uh, development and uh, where it is in the approval process. Well, it's, it's in the early stages of the approval process, so the company has done enough work to define more or less what they want to do as a project and to file that with the federal and provincial governments. Um, And what that is is to develop a a 
basically a complex of of open pit mines and uh, and processing to uh, to develop this this gold project. So, in terms of yep. the approvals, um, they have filed a uh, what is known as a uh, a national instrument forty three dash one hundred one, which they filed November thirty twenty eighteen. So what happens after that, and at what stage does the does the public have a chance to uh, have to comment on uh, the proposal? Well, there's uh, at least through the federal process. There's uh, now until next week, actually uh, until Monday, there is an opening to provide public comments on the uh, question of of whether the project should even undergo a federal environmental assessment. So it is a you know, large and significant enough project to qualify and be listed for a federal assessment, but the first step in that process is actually sort of a screening where they look and, and decide whether it does in fact need an environmental assessment or if uh, generally if there's been, a, you know, if there's already been one or if it's part of something else that's already undergone an assessment, then they, they might skip it. Is there any realistic chance that it would that there would be no environmental assessment? Because it's quite a significant development in an environmentally sensitive area. So is that a you know a pipe dream on Marathon's part or is there any possibility it would go ahead without an environmental assessment? Um anything is possible. Uh I'd like to think that's extremely unlikely that you could do a a project this big and this disruptive and, and and have it exempted and, and there's nothing you know there's nothing on the record indicating that that they would be exempted but uh as i say there there is that first step that and people can write in and comment um until next monday on on, on this so until may 6th and then um the timeline is you sort of have to work out the the steps but within a um within a manner of of weeks the federal government then has to turn around once that determination has been made and give uh, initiate the process and, and give the company the guidelines as to what information it's going to require as part of the assessment. And then once that is once that information is in hand, then there's a, another public process where um, where people can provide opinions and, and reactions and alternative information and critiques and so on. Uh, to to the uh, federal agencies, and there probably will be also the availability of public participant funding. So if if individuals or groups want to get funded to, uh, for instance, contract specialists to look at um, potential for uh, water contamination or the, the geological stability of of any kind of dams that they might be planning to build, so they're looking at uh, creating a, a large amount of toxic waste that will have to be held in place forever, so that, that's a good place to look. And as I say, if, if people want to um, maybe contract an expert to look at that for them on, on behalf of the community, then uh, then there, there will probably be participant funding available from the feds for that as well. And what organizations can apply for participant funding? And I would imagine that would be town councils, yeah, pretty much anyone. It's um, it's typically divided into two pieces: one for indigenous and one for non-indigenous participants. So uh, 
you know, the, the government of Canada does um, recognize to some extent uh, the nation-to-nation uh, -nation relationship with uh, with First Nations, and and so they do have a separate and and often um, significantly larger envelope of funding for First Nations to participate in such processes. But there's no, you know, on, on the on the non-Indigenous side, there's no real restriction. Uh, small community groups are, are welcome to participate as well as municipalities or, or associations. So conceivably, citizens could get together and start their own um, uh, organization and concern citizens um, about Valentine Lake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that often happens. So now let's talk about the uh, this project. It's in the interior of Newfoundland. There's already uh, an all-year camp there that employs uh, 50 people, and uh, they've been drilling for some time. And uh, according to the Marathon website, the um, uh, results of the drilling are quite positive. Um, uh, so can you just describe for us if if the plan were to go ahead as marathon proposes what would it be like in terms of scale and uh, and the mining methods they would be using um well i haven't had a chance to go through the the outline in in detail but basically they're they're looking at a fairly sizable operation uh and it is you know, it is sort of at the at the height of land there, so it's at the head of of, uh, of the watershed, where they would be uh, processing a, a quite large amount of rock and creating a a very large pile of of uh, of toxic tailings from the mill. So that's that's the primary concern is is how they're how they're planning to stabilize that. Um, you know, because that has to essentially be be there forever and it has to be both chemically and physically stable for that time because you don't you don't really want um heavy metals and toxins leaching out of that and you don't want it collapsing and going downstream into those rivers so do they have to build some kind of uh airtight uh concrete uh you know almost like a you know a, a nuclear bomb shelter to uh protect that stuff for well, usually it's usually it's just earthen dams, and that's one of the the big issues that that we've really been pushing on the industry is, and and on governments for that matter, um, who are supposed to be regulating this. That those those things have to be very seriously over engineered, and the approach that the industry's taken, which is basically to try and save money, um, and at the expense of of long term stability, has led to things like the uh, the this, the disaster at Mount Pauly, and, and then more recently in Brazil, where you know people actually get killed because of these these dams collapsing, uh, primarily because they're you know the dams themselves are not constructed solidly enough or not designed solidly enough, but also that there's a, a lot of water being held in those dams and and uh, creating a, a a real hazard in the in the long run. So there's there's uh, both design and engineering and and regulatory aspects to to trying to make that safe and and the uh, I think the, the long term issue is that those precautions tend to be very expensive and and uh, mining companies tend to try and and save money. 
Now, uh, the process they're going to use there um, is known as the heap leaching process. Uh, and I understand that that's um, the, uh, a cheaper way to uh, a cheaper processing method and um, therefore is financially attractive to proponents. What uh, does that entail, this heap leaching process? Yeah, basically it it amounts to um, crushing the the ore and piling it up on the surface. Usually, sort of you know, it's like kind of like laying down a tarpaulin and then piling a bunch of of sand on top of it, um, and then sprinkling solvents over it. And in the case of gold, that that usually means cyanide, which will then uh, catch the gold, catch onto the gold in the in the crushed rock and sand, and and uh, doesn't exactly dissolve it, but it it uh, carries it out in in a liquid that can then be processed, and it's uh, it's very cheap. It doesn't require a lot of of mechanical work other than crushing the rock and spreading it out, and you know you just have to process this liquid. The problem is that it's extremely dangerous environmentally speaking because it's quite easy for that cyanide-laced liquid to spill and get into surface water and even groundwater um, down downhill and downstream. And the um, it has been banned in places like the state of Montana in the U.S. Because, precisely because of this, because they've, they've already lost um, entire watersheds to this uh to to leaking this kind of poison and um so it's a it's a inexpensive and and highly risky plan so what would be uh is there a an alternative to the heat bleaching process that is less environmentally risky yeah, there, there's uh, there's other ways of using cyanide in what's called a vat leach, which is doing the same thing basically only in tanks, um, but where it's much less prone to leakage and, and more controlled. But again, it's more expensive and, and uh, can't be used on, on such large quantities at once. Uh, and there's other processes that don't even use cyanide that, that, are, that are also available. And I presume that they would be more expensive than than heap leaching, which is why heap leaching is pref- is preferred by the uh, mining companies. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably safe to assume. Now um, we've talked about the federal uh, environmental assessment. Is there a role for a provincial environmental assessment, or is it uh, federal only? Um, well, there is a provincial registration of this project um i've been trying to figure out uh you know there's like basically there is a proposal out and there's actually a deadline of may 21st for public comments before the minister makes a decision the minister has 10 days to make the decision after the deadline for public comment so at the end of may we're expecting the minister of municipal affairs and environment to uh Issue a decision on that, which is a, I don't know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not familiar with the, the, the Newfoundland and Labrador uh, environmental assessment process, but I have to say, 10 days isn't very long to uh, try and take on board whatever the, the public response has been to um, to make it a decision that's any different than it would have been before. 
So there is, and I again, um, yeah, there there is a there's a public comment period on that, but I I haven't seen anything indicating that the uh, the province is actually doing anything to uh, gather public uh, public comments or to reach out to the public to let people know this is even happening. Probably most people aren't signed up for the uh, the updates from the from the ministry, so they might uh, <laughs> not get that. <laughs> if it's not advertised more widely. Yes. Right, Jamie. So it seems that um, there are these uh, these imminent uh, deadlines, um, you know, May 6th being one and May 21st being the other one. But uh, what, uh, but it seems that there will be future opportunities to, for people to have, uh, to have input, especially if they apply for this, um, for this uh, funding. So, um, uh, I suppose we're concerned about these uh, these imminent deadlines, but it won't be the end of the road. No, uh, it's a little bit concerning to me that there's no coordinated effort between the, the federal government and the provincial government. That you know, there, there's always the the potential for a joint process where they coordinate and people would have an easier time participating in in both because they'd be going through the the same. Uh, like a, a coordinated process together, but um, but there is there's at least the federal environmental review will be continuing uh, we we assume and that there will be lots of opportunity to to respond to that um, and you know as I say the uh, the provincial approval uh, or whatever conditions or maybe it won't even be approved provincially but that decision is is due very soon. Jamie Neen, Communications and Outreach Coordinator at Mining Watch Canada. Mi'kmaq Matters reached out to Marathon for comment. We've not heard back. We hope to have a Marathon representative on a future episode. And that's it for the program. Alison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on Bay of Islands Radio and Norris Point at Rocky Harbor. Tune in on the voice of Bombay. And in St. John's, catch us on CHMR. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.